All right. Welcome to another edition of Hey Hoinsie Live. We're joined by Paul Hoins live from Goodyear, Arizona. Uh, we're also talking to a bunch of our subscribers on uh, Guardian Subtext. We'll answer as many questions as we can in the next half hour. We've also got some pre-submitted ones from our Subtext subscribers. So uh, it's great to have you guys here. Where are you guys all joining uh, from? I, I see uh, uh, a couple of you. Uh, you. You care to chime in? Where are you, where are you guys watching and, and uh, joining the chat from? I'm from Toledo. Okay, guys from Toledo. I know we've got some uh, some folks who are actually out in Arizona who who always like to jump in on these chats. So, uh, you know, far and wide, we hope. Uh, Bobby, where are you at? Bobby? I'm in South Florida. South Florida. All right, Marv, where are you at? Arizona. Arizona. See, I, I knew that. I, I knew there's always somebody from Arizona out there. The uh, yeah, I live in Phoenix. Oh, great. Oh, you're not far. Paul, meet, meet Marv for a beer after the chat. What's, what's going on? Uh, all right, guys. Hey, if you're in the room, go ahead and, uh, and just uh, if, if you can utilize the uh, the raise your hand function, I'll, I'll go with that. Uh, but uh, Guy, you were first in the room, so why don't you lead us off if you got a question? I I, really, I I haven't really prepared a question, but I, I guess what, what's your gut feeling that we get an extension with uh, – Ramirez and or Bieber. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't, I just don't see him doing it with uh, uh, either one to, to be honest with you. I, 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 they haven't, they haven't done it in a long time. And both those guys are in position to, uh, you know, they, to demand like a six to seven to eight year extension. And I just can't see him doing that. And uh, I, you know, if I had to, if you had, you know, if I had to make a choice, I'd say maybe Bieber, you know, might have a better chance of doing it because, uh, um, you know, Jose is closer to free agency. He's got, you know, they've got the club option on him for 2023, and then he's a free agent. I would, I would think though that, uh, excuse, excuse me, um, I would think that Bieber would, it would really benefit him to have an extension because he's a pitcher. I mean, if you look back at what um, the extension that Kluber got, that really did benefit him quite a bit, I think, especially in the last two years. So um, I, I just think it would be in, in his benefit, I mean, as long as the money's pretty good, to, to get some sort of extension. Yeah, that's a good point. They, they still have three years of control over him, counting this year. So, you know, it would have to be at least a four or five-year deal, I mean, to make it, you know, to make it worth the, uh, the Guardians' while, you know, they could buy two years of his free agency or one or two years of his free agency. And uh, so, yeah, and it would protect him. You know, he's already coming off a shoulder injury. And, uh, you know, you, you would think a light would go on it at one time. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but if they've, they've got him under control like they did, uh, you know, extended out like, like Kluber, does that mean they pitch him into the ground like they did Kluber? And by the end of that contract, he's, you know, not, his arm isn't worth the pay, uh, the, the paper that he signed the contract on. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's take another question. Anybody in the, uh, in the room want to join in? Uh, we're on Hey Hoinsie Live, uh, uh, subscriber exclusive uh, Zoom chat with uh, our, our subtext subscribers. You can join subtext by going to cleveland.com slash subtext or by sending us a, uh, a text message to 
or 216-208-4346, uh, 399 a month. And it's a great way to uh, get in touch with uh, Hoinsey and myself, ask your questions there, and also to get uh, news firsthand. Uh, I guess uh, the, the big news on Thursday, uh, Guardians-related, Indians-related, was uh, Andrew Miller retiring. Hoinsey, uh, what do you remember about uh, Andrew Miller's stay in Cleveland and, and how it changed the franchise? Yeah, just, uh, you know, a, a big trade at the deadline. Uh, four prospects, including, you know, Clint Frazier going to the Yankees. Um, you know, uh, with, the, with, the, with the deal coming back and uh, just, uh, you know, he, he, I, I just remember how they used him in the bullpen, how Tito used him in the bullpen, really kind of re revolutionized the way managers have used their relievers ever since in the postseason. And Andrew Miller, I think, was the main reason, you know, they, they got to game seven of the World Series. He was the ALCS MVP. Uh, the only guy, the only guy on the, uh, the only pitcher on the Indian staff that, that postseason who threw more innings than him was Kluber. And so it was an amazing, amazing job by, uh, you know, it was just, a, it, it was just an amazing job by, by, uh, you know, him and, and, uh, you know, uh, Brian Shaw, uh, Cody Allen, and it was a great job, a managing job by Frank Kona, just through, you know, by the way he used him and, and he was in a desperate, he was in the corner because the rotation was shot and he had to get innings from somewhere. All right. Yeah, I, I remember that that role that they went on. And I also remember, uh, you know, Andrew Miller in the, the year and a half or two after uh, that 2016 run, uh, just how accommodating he was. He, he suffered some injuries. He, he wasn't always available for the, the, the club, but he never ducked a question in the clubhouse. He was always pretty stand up when you needed to, to talk to him. And as evidenced by his work with the, uh, the Players Association, right down to this very last collective bargaining agreement, he was a guy that they wanted in the room right up until the very end. Yeah, and if you look at that, those three relievers we talked about, Alan Miller and, and Brian Shaw, after the 2016 season, you know, Alan was done, Miller was basically done, and, uh, you know, Shaw went to Colorado and was, was struggling, you know, for three years and finally got, got his act back together in Cleveland last season. But that 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 wear and tear took a lot out of those that back into the bullpen in 2016. Yeah, it certainly did. Uh, all right, let's, uh, I don't see any hands raised in the chat room. So we're going to jump into some questions from uh, pre-submitted here from our subscribers. Uh, this one from Dave in Mayfield Heights. Uh, hey, Hoinsey, when are the Guardians going to get a proven outfield bat? Is Michael Conforto in our price range? Uh, two, two separate that's the that's the elephant in the room right there is what are they going to do to address the outfield concerns are they going to are they going to add payroll anywhere uh and and would conforto be somebody that they could even afford you know i, I it's it's uh it's a mystery it really is that why they haven't made a move here uh and uh you know i don't think brian shaw you know spending three million dollars on brian shaw on a one-year deal is it um, I, I keep thinking they're going to make a move. I, I keep, uh, you know, uh, I just, I just feel it that that something is coming, you know, the other shoe is going to drop, but you know, I, I think Conforto is, uh, would be a good fit, but I think he's probably beyond their price range. Maybe now with opening day, getting closer, 
you know, and, and uh, you know, their camp starts to, you know, feel a little pressure. Maybe, maybe his asking price would come down, but uh, it's going to be interesting, but I, you know, I would be surprised if they, if they made a major move to bring an outfielder. All right. Uh, once again, if you want to ask a question here in the chat room, uh, feel free to chime in. Uh, Bob, I see your hand up. Uh, unmute and go ahead and ask one. Okay, I've already submitted this one during the day, but I'm going to ask it again. And, and I'm just amazed at that middle infield crowd, that big jam up in the mid, mid, middle infield. But the guy who seems to be standing out from what I'm reading is Clement. So what is he? Is he a quadruple A player? Is he a starter? Or is he a utility guy? What is he? I think he's, you know, he he's one of those guys that can play anywhere, Bob. You know, he can play this. He can he played center field in college. He can, you know, he can play all over the infield. Uh, I think he's going to be one of those, you know, John McDonald type guys that when, when you have an opening that if there's an injury that he's going to fill in, I don't know if he's a regular, you know, I don't know if he, he would hit enough to be a regular, but uh, he certainly is, you know, he, uh, Francona loves him. I think he's, he's a kind of guy that's going to, you know, ride the, ride the elevator between AAA and, and, and the big leagues, most of his career, unless he finds the right spot, you know, Maybe it's not here in Cleveland, but maybe it's with another team. But he certainly is is a fun player to watch, a lot of energy, and he knows how to hit. He knows how to – he's a baseball player. Uh, I, I go back to uh, – we were in Detroit. Hoinsey and I were in Detroit, and Tom Hamilton stopped out uh, in the, the press box, and we got to talking about a couple of different guys, and he mentioned a particular uh, a bus trip uh, back after a game when – when everybody was sort of, you know, being quiet and keeping to themselves and they went through a crowd and the crowd was sort of giving uh, the, the players bus a, a hard time because they knew who it was. And uh, Ernie Clement, the guy who has this sort of quiet, reserved personality to, to, to see him, uh, you know, to see him on the street. He was the one who was shouting and screaming and, uh, you know, being all colorful back to the crowd in Chicago. I think, uh, you know, he showed his teammates there uh, a little something about his personality. And I, I, you know, left an impression on Hammy, left an impression on some of the coaches and, and, and his teammates. Uh, so if, if, if he is, a, 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 like you say, a, a quad A player or, you know, a guy who's a utility player and doesn't really play regularly, he's still a good guy to have in a clubhouse. He's still a, a good character guy. Uh, and that's one of the things that, that Tito looks for, uh, you know, that might not help on the Trust field me. or in the win column. Go ahead. What's up, Bob? About him is just he he just will sometimes make an, an outrageous play there, especially mm -hmm. at third base. I don't know what it is about third base, but that seems to be a great position for him. If it, again, has he hit enough? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I think, I think the Guardians. Quantrill, Quantrill especially loves him when he's playing third base behind him. He's, he's really got good hands. Uh, I just don't know if he'll, he'll ever hit for the power. But, you know, I was thinking, you know, uh, like seven, eight years ago, we were saying the same thing about. Jose Ramirez, that he was, you know, a change of pace player, a, a utility guy, and look what he turned into. So you never know, really, really, you never do. Yeah, well, well, you know, the Guardians are kind of set at third base, so I think Ernie Clement's <laughs> going to have to find a different way to break in. Uh, again, uh, welcome into uh, Hey Hoinsey Live, talking to Paul. He's out in Goodyear, Arizona. How's the weather out there, Paul? What's, uh, what, was, what was the temperature like today? It's beautiful. It's oh, beautiful, John. It's supposed to, I think it's supposed to go up to 90 tomorrow. 
if I, I was on the radio. So it could be a little little steamy out here. You're you're killing me. It was 50 degrees here today, <laughs> overcast and gloomy. Just ah, oh, Paul. Uh, another question pre-submitted here, uh, Dan in University Heights. This will be a, an easy one, quick one to answer. Uh, Dan wants to know, hey Hoinsey, can can we use a designated hitter for the catcher when Plesak pitches? Uh, this guy wants to see Zach Plesak pitch, or um, when, when Plesak pitches, he wants to see Plesak hit. Uh, and the answer is no, you can't use a designated hitter for anybody but a pitcher. Uh, that's the rule in the big leagues. So even though the universe, the, the DH is universal, and even though they have the uh, the Shohei Otani rule, which says if a pitcher starts the game hitting, he can become a DH if he's removed from the game as the pitcher. Uh, that rule doesn't apply the other way, and you can't uh, you can't designate somebody else to take out of the lineup and let your pitcher bat uh, and and still keep your DH. So uh, easy easy answer right there for you, Dan. Uh, don't see anybody else in the, uh, the chat room raising a hand. So we'll go on to the next question here from, oh, let's see. Uh, Marv, Marv wants to know, uh, do we have to make, uh, can Marv unmute? Here we go. Ask to unmute. Okay. Uh, Marv wants to know if we have to make a roster move, uh, to put Shaw on the roster, uh, in terms of, uh, in, in terms of the 40 man, I guess. Uh, yes. the, the short answer to that is yes. Yeah, you'd have to make a, a forty-man move, uh, and uh, you know that that rock that forty man is kind of crowded, so uh, it'll be interesting. But I'm sure they'll find a spot. They'll find something, some way to make a move here. And uh, I don't know, you know, uh, Luke Maley, Maley, uh, the catcher, you know, pulled a hand or strained a hamstring yesterday. He could go on the DL perhaps and and make room there. But uh, they and they were still examining him. Uh, today after he, you know, he injured himself uh, against the Dodgers uh, uh, yesterday at uh, Camelback Ranch. Yeah, depending on the severity of that injury to Melee, if it, if it takes, if they think it's going to take him a couple of months to recover from that, and he's behind in spring training, I mean, they, if they put him on the 60-day, uh, you know, then a 40-man roster spot opens itself up. But uh, if, it's, if it's only a 10-day uh, injured list stint, then he, he stays on the the 40 man and, and they would have to make a move that way. So uh, yeah, who knows uh, if that's the possibility. Uh, open it up to questions from the chat room. If anybody has one, uh, great one there, Marv. Uh, if not, we'll go on to the next question pre-submitted here. Uh, let's see. This is from Doc in Hickory, North Carolina. Doc wants to know if you've ever experienced less enthusiasm for the start of a Cleveland baseball season uh, begging for an opening day sellout by giving away free tickets there. Uh, Hoinsey, what's what's your estimation? What do you gauge the, the enthusiasm for this team right now? Uh, with uh, and it, it's you know, let's speak plainly. The, the the front office hasn't made any big splash moves, hasn't made any giant you know signings or free agents. There's there's not a lot of excitement about this team right now, unless you talk to people around the club who are very excited about the youth of the team. Yeah, it's it's an interesting way to uh, you know unveil a new name uh, to rebrand the the organization after you know it was called the Indians since two, 1915 uh, and uh, you know they're just there you know obviously there's been a lack of bu uh, buzz about the club uh, you know I th I don't think uh, you know the inaction of the front office has helped 
The 99-day lockout certainly didn't help that moved the opening day back from March 31st to uh, now, now the home opener on uh, April 15th, a, a night game. Uh, so, yeah, I, th I think it, you know, I, obviously this is in the, uh, an op the opening kind of opening days at the 1995, 96, 97, 98 uh, Indians had. But, you know, we'll see. Well, you know, base, it's always good to play baseball, I think. It's always good to, uh, you know, start the season and just see how this thing unfolds. You know, it, the Indians do have good pitching. I don't know if that means they're going to win three to two or lose three to two, you know, a lot of games. So uh, we'll have to see how that works, but uh, it's always interesting. And I think, you know, in the past, they've shown that if they're close, if they're contending in July, they will go out and make a move. They will, they will try to help the ball club. I just like to see them do it now. Right. Yeah. And in, in, in July, it'll be one of those sort of thread the needle moves where they acquire somebody who's controllable and doesn't break the bank. Uh, as opposed to you got to go back to 2016, the last time they went out and, and made a, a big deadline move that added salary, like an Andrew Miller, uh, where they knew they were going to need to take on a contract there. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what we're waiting for right now. Uh, another question pre-submitted here from Ted in Westlake Village, California. I like Ted. He's asking questions about reporters. Uh, he wants to know, will you be able to go into the locker room and have face-to-face -face interviews with players? If not, when will the nonsense end? And I guess by nonsense, he means the health and safety protocols. Okay, we're fine with that uh, up until now. But Major League Baseball has lifted the, uh, the prohibitions uh, against reporters in the locker room. You're in the, the clubhouse there in, in Goodyear right now, aren't you? Yeah, the locker rooms, are, thank goodness, are, are, are open again. First time since, uh, you know, the, the original pandemic on March 12th, you know, 2020. And, that you know, that closed the locker rooms for, you know, which for I thought they would never open up again. I thought we'd be Zoom, doing interview rooms and Zoom calls, you know, from here on out. But uh, the commissioner wanted the, uh, the locker rooms open. They had to have player, you know, the players had to agree and, you know, we've got to wear masks when we go in there. Uh, other reporters, you know, not with the BBWA, don't have to wear masks. But the, our requirement is you've got to wear masks. Uh, and you can, you know, you're in the lot. You can go in the, back in the locker room. And it's it's nice to be back in there. You know, you, you really, uh, it, it's much better than the Zoom, the Zoom call. And, uh, and the problem is I haven't been in the locker room in two years. So uh, I, I don't know who anybody, the, the, the team is so young. I don't know who anybody is. Yeah. I mean, everybody. Bunch of double A guys now. We don't know any of the so faces. Much, you know, you know, a couple guys, you know, Jose Ramirez, you know, the pitching staff, you know, uh, you know, class A, but uh, there's a lot of guys in there that there's, there's 56 <laughs> players in camp in big league camp. And, you know, I'm not putting names to faces just yet. Well, I know one guy who uh, is, is is pretty easy to pick out of the crowd and, and unmistakable in that that locker room is Framil Reyes. Uh, what have you seen out of Framil, and are we expecting uh, an improvement over last year for, out of Framil this year uh, as as we get closer to the season? Yeah, you know I've seen Framil. You know he's he hasn't played a whole lot, uh, and uh, you know he got a hit today. A little infield hit. Yeah, I haven't seen him drive the ball. 
but he looks fine. He says he's healthy. He's played left field. I thought he'd be playing right field, but he started a couple games in left field. Uh, and uh, he's, he's handled everything that's come his way. Uh, yeah, and he looks okay, Joe. And he is a big man. You forget just how big he is until you stand next to him. He's a big dude. And uh, one, one more piece of good news, Joe. And uh, Josh Naylor played his first game today. It was a triple-A game in, uh, against the Reds. He played four innings in right field and uh, had four at-bats. He batted every inning. He went one for four. He had a single. He had a line drive to center field. Uh, he popped out to the catcher and then hit a ball to the warning track. That's his first game since June 27th when he collided with Ernie Clement and, you know, really did a number on his right leg. And, you know, a lot of people, including me, wondered if he'd ever come back. So he's, this, is a, this is a big step for him. You know, he's on the comeback trail. I don't know if he'll be – I don't think he'll be able to open the season in, in you know, the regular season on uh, April 7th, but he's making progress. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stunned that uh, he's even back as fast as he is. Uh, that's just the, the severity of that injury was so scary. And, and the fact that he, he lost, what, nearly three months of working with Cleveland's trainers uh, to even, you know, get back on the field, it, it's, it's a miracle right now. Uh, and, and he's so positive and so energetic, uh, it, it would certainly be a lot of fun. Uh, what do you think the chances are he breaks camp with the club? I, I would say they got to be pretty low. Yeah, I, I don't think so, Joe. I think they're going to take, you know, you know, air on the side of, you know, they're going to be very cautious with this guy. Got it. You know, I don't, the last thing they need him to do is go out and injure, get injured again. So I would think he'll stay in Arizona, play some, you know, some uh, camp games, then maybe go out to the minors and, and you know, uh, start his way, climb back and just to, just to make sure, you know, everything is in working order, but they certainly could use his bat. You know, unfortunately, he was just coming around, you know, driving the ball when he got hurt against the Twins at Target Field last year. Uh, but, you know, if, he, if anybody can come back, I think it's Josh Naylor. He's got a great attitude uh, and he's got a great support system around him. All right. Uh, real quick, I'm going to uh, take a question from Dave, who submitted it in the chat room here. Uh, Dave wants to know, with starting pitchers limited to 60 pitches, or so on starting uh, on opening day, uh, how will the pitching roster look and how will we expect, uh, how will we as fans expect the pitching staff to be managed? So that's a question about the piggybacking system and, and what are we expecting there uh, out of Tito? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you, you hit it right on the nose, Dave. You know, I think they, they want the pitch, they want the starting staff to be ready to throw 65 pitches, you know, come opening day. Uh, you know, that's, that's going to maybe, if you're lucky, that takes you through three innings, I would think. Then they're going to have, uh, you know, guys like uh, perhaps uh, uh, Logan Allen, Eli Morgan, uh, Trevor Steffen, that, you know, guys that have been stretched out that can come in and, and uh, you know, pitch another three innings, like Joe said, piggyback those guys, and then, you know, get to the back end of the bullpen. But they're really going to have to have, uh, you know, with the expanded roster, you know, you, you can carry as many pitchers as you want. The rosters have been expanded from 26 to 28. So you can carry as many pitchers as you want until May 2nd when the, uh, you know, rosters go back to 26 and the pitchers, you're limited to 13 pitchers on the roster. So, 
you know, I, I would imagine those two extra guys will be, will be pitchers and they'll, uh, you know, they'll be able to, you know, mix and match. And it'll, it's going to be a really an interesting procedure to see how, you know, uh, uh, Carl Willis, the pitching, the pitching, the Indian, the Cleveland's pitching group handle this. And, uh, but they've got, they've been talking about a four man rotation, you know, using the piggyback system. And, uh, you know, I think they could go with the four-man rotation through the first two series, and then they hit that long road trip to New York and to the West Coast, so they're going to have to go with five then. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting point, because we've seen Zach Plesak and Tristan McKenzie pitch in the same game uh, already this first trip through the rotation. So maybe that's what he's got in mind, is Tristan backing up uh, Zach after his, his first start and then at some point expanding that out. We have yet to see Aaron Savali pitch, and, and that's, uh, that's going to change tomorrow. Yeah, Savali's starting Friday. He'll, he'll make his first start against the Giants in Scottsdale. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, then I think Logan Allen goes Saturday, and then it'll be Tristan and Plesak on Sunday. You know, vice versa, they'll just switch it around from uh, Tuesday's start. Uh, when Plesak went first and Tristan backed him up. So, you know, I think you could see that duo, you know, you know, kind of start, you know, that would be one starting pitcher. They would handle one game, uh, Plesak and, and McKenzie, once the season starts. All right. Uh, I see a familiar face has joined the chat room. Bill out there, I believe you're out in Arizona. Good to see you, Bill. Uh, you know, thanks for uh, for joining in. And, and really thank all of you guys for subscribing and being part of uh, Guardian Subtext. Uh, and, you know, we try to get you as much information as quickly as we know it uh, as soon as we get off of our, our Zooms and our, our interviews with Tito and, and the players. Uh, I, and we love your feedback and we love your, uh, your questions and to, to interact with you guys. And this is one of the ways uh, that we try to do it. Uh, I don't know, far, uh, far too, uh, far less often than we probably should. We should probably do these a little more regularly, Paul, because... Uh, these these folks, uh, uh, you know, deserve to, to have their questions answered a, a little more often. But uh, anybody else want to jump in, chime in, uh, uh, join this bill? Go ahead, unmute and uh, and fire away. I uh, uh, realize you might have addressed this uh, question because I did already because I didn't see the uh, text about the uh, Zoom until you were already about 20 minutes into it, but it has certainly been disappointing so far, the lack of any uh, trade or free agent action uh, to uh, boost the offense in particular. Uh, do you guys think something is still possibly uh, brewing in that uh, area or are they going to wait and see how the season goes before doing that? Well, Paul, Paul seems to think they're going to make a big move. Uh, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little less optimistic, but uh, Paul's hanging in there. He thinks that they're, they've got something brewing, right, Paul? Yeah. Well, I guess, I don't know if that's just uh, more me, you know, from a gut reaction, and my heart's telling me one thing and my brain's telling me it's something else. So uh, maybe I should listen to my brain for a change, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, Bill, I think that they will, uh, I think they're contemplating a move. I think the move they really they really thought they they were in deep on was Jesse Winker going to you know from the Reds to Seattle. They and they couldn't take Suarez's contract along with the deal. Seattle did, 
and you know made the made the trade. But that was a guy they wanted. They were they were in deep on uh, Matt Olson, but you know um, Atlanta offered a better package and and got them. I think if they get either one of those guys, then kind of the pressure is off, and you know it it would be considered a, you know a, a good off season by the front office. But right now, you know they're struggling, and uh, you know I. You know, just judging by a track record, you know, unless something falls in their lap, it, I, I would be very, very surprised if uh, if they made a move before opening day. Yeah, the uh, Bill, what was your reaction when you saw Jock Peterson's tweet uh, basically calling out uh, Cleveland for, you know, having a, a, a $35 million, I think it's $49 million right now, but, uh, you know, the figure that he posted was something like $35 million. Uh, you know, how does that make a fan feel when he sees something like that? Uh, kind of neglected, uh, truthfully. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, the Guardians are and always will be a mid-market team, and I, I don't expect uh, a lot of Yankees, Dodgers, you know, Chicago-type uh, deals every offseason, but uh, I don't believe ownership is invested in the team as much as they could or should have. And here's another question. Maybe you dealt with already, but forgive the repetition if you did, but uh, is uh, I don't think the minority owner is in place yet. A discussion still pending on that or, and would it help? You know, I, I think it would help bill. Uh, you know, I think the last we heard from Paul Dolan on the minority owner is that they were having significant talks. And, uh, you know, if you know, Dolan, that's like, uh, cracking the, uh, the code to the Kremlin, uh, you know, that's about as much as he says. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, I, I would think these, these talks are pretty far down the road, but I, I don't know if, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, you're not going to see a significant change in, in, uh, in, in the payroll, even if a new, if, a, you know, a, a minority owner comes in, you know, they, everyone always points to John Sherman, and uh, you know, joining the uh, joining the uh, Dolan as the minority owner, and uh, all of a sudden they sign uh, Ed, Edwin Encarnacion for three years and sixty million, in you know, right after the World Series in 2016. But from what I've I've been told, most of that money came from from it didn't come from Sherman. It came from you know MLB selling uh, MLB.com uh, to uh, Disney. That's where, and all the all the teams raked in like 50, 60 million each. And that's where that money came from. So, you know, who knows, but I, I would think financially it would have to help. It couldn't hurt, you know, with, with the, uh, David Blitzer coming in and, and joining, joining Dolan and bringing, he's got a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of money behind him, a lot of different projects, a lot of different teams. It would be interesting to see what his plans were. All right. Thanks. Uh, We've got a couple of questions here in the uh, the chat room. Uh, Mark D asks, is there serious consideration uh, for bringing back the extra ghost runner uh, in the ghost runner and in extra innings for this season? And uh, Susan in the chat room replied and correctly replied. Uh, yeah, they approved that. Uh, the It was talked about earlier this week as being approved. And I guess the, the owners today uh, voted to approve it. And so that rule will be in place. The uh, additional runner in the in in the tenth inning will start at second base like it has over uh, the last two years. 
Yeah, we talked about that today, Joe, on, on our podcast in, in the morning. And I don't know about you guys. If I don't know how you feel about extra inning games, but uh, you know, when as a as a writer, you know, when a game <laughs> reaches extra innings, you kind of breathe a sigh of relief, and because now you you can relax. You know, the dead the, the hammer is off. The deadline deadline is kind of passed because you know it's going to go at least you know one, two, three, four more innings. But with the runner on second base, man, it can change in a hurry. It, everything changes. And that game can end, you know, as fast as, you know, a walk-off home run. So it really, uh, you know, it, you have to stay on your toes with, with, the, with the ghost runner. All right. We've got about five minutes left here. Uh, we're going to try to wrap it up before uh, the Zoom cuts us off. Uh, we have one more ch- uh, question from the chat room, and I think this is a pretty good one uh, to, to sort of wind down with. Uh, Viren in the chat room asks, will this be Tito's last season? Big question, and, and a big question for, for the future of the Guardians franchise. Uh, will Tito make it to the end of the season, and will this be his last season? Great question, obviously. This is, you know, his contract runs out. He signed through 2022. But Paul Dolan has said he can manage as long as he wants. So the ball is definitely in Tito's court. It's going to be his call. Yeah, and, and it, it's just great to see him able to go out there and, uh, you know, make pitching changes and walking around in, in two shoes, as he says, and, and really uh, with a smile on his face. Uh, as it, 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 You're out there and you're, you're closer to him than any of us have been since, uh, you know, July of, of last year. Uh, what's the sense you're getting from Tito about whether he can make it through the year? Yeah, I think he'll make it through the year. He looks great. He's moving around. You know, it's still it's still painful to watch him walk to the mound and take a pitcher out because he he's kind of he's he's a little he looks like you know he's he's a little he's walking on eggshells, but you know he's much better now. I think he's in a lot less pain, and I think he's just enjoying being healthy again. This is the seventy-one-year-old uh, making fun of the way the sixty-two-year-old walks <laughs> out to the mound. So uh, I guess uh, you know we 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 love our old guys, Hoinsey and Tito. Uh, uh, guys, this has been great. Uh, another uh, really fun edition of Hey Hoinsey Live. We're going to wrap it up now, and uh, I'll post this as the podcast for Monday. Uh, great to see you guys. A lot of familiar faces we've seen in, in these chats before. Uh, again, uh, thanks for your subscription to, to uh, Subtext, and keep firing those questions at us. We'll, uh, we'll keep updating you on the Guardians as we get closer to opening day. Uh, Hoinsey, take care out there. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Love you guys. Thanks. uh, Thanks for subscribing.